1: It's red across the screen this morning as Asia-Pacific investors sell off amid concerns about rising U.S. interest rates. The Nikkei is down nearly 2%. The ASX 200 in Sydney is off 1.5%. Seoul is down 1% as well. Joining me now as we break down all the market action and the most interesting corporate stories, he's looking like he's ready to roll into the weekend. Ryan Huang, how are you?
0: Pretty good. Happy Friday, Michelle.
1: And the same to you. Let's start this morning with the hostile corporate takeover story that is captivating markets... I am talking about Elon Musk's bid to purchase and privatize one of the world's most prominent social media platforms, Twitter. One of the biggest questions hanging over what Musk wants to do has been, where will the money come from? (laughs) He is the world's richest man, but that doesn't mean he has 46 billion U.S. dollars of cash just lying around. He doesn't. But this morning, we have a clearer picture of how Musk wants to finance the deal, part cash, And the rest, Ryan, where will it come from?
0: Yeah, so it's got a lot of money, but it's all tied up to assets, especially shares of Tesla. So there's been a lot of speculation if he might sell some of those Tesla shares or even pledge against those shares as collateral. So what we have so far is he has secured $46.5 billion in funding. And this, of course, is the war chest to buy Twitter. And to put things into context, he had tabled, $54.20 per share, and that would have brought it to $43 billion. So he has a bit more to sweeten the deal to convince more people as he needs to do to persuade the management and the board directors to take him up. So here you have Mr. Musk finding the money from a couple of places. Mainly, this will include um, himself putting up $33.5 billion, which will include $21 billion of equity, $12.5 billion worth of margin loans. And also banks like Morgan Stanley have agreed to lend him the rest, pretty much $13 billion worth. And this is in debt secured against Twitter itself. So you have actually a huge group of banks in this deal. So Morgan Stanley among those names.
1: Another question that analysts have been pondering on is, how can Musk manage three companies? He's already the head of Tesla and SpaceX, so where will he find the time and quite simply, how would he do it? Well, we have another clue this morning as to what Musk has in mind, right, Ryan?
0: Yeah, so he has thought about um, forming something called X Holdings. So it's a bit of a parent company of sorts, for things he already owns. And this would be Tesla, SpaceX, and those management style. What he's hinted so far is uh, he will try to well, delegate as much as he can um, to let them run autonomously. He, by the way, already <clears throat> runs so many things besides <clears throat> SpaceX, Tesla. He's also running a borrowing company, and he's got many side projects, and he's always making the news for various other things. And he's quite engaged on social media. So you can imagine his plate is pretty. So this new parent company, X Holdings, is supposed to bring in some structure and maybe some discipline as well to how things are being run. The last
1: prominent figure to try to actually do this, you know, manage three high-profile companies was Carlos Ghosn, the former CEO of Nissan and Renault and the ex-chairman of Avtovas and Mitsubishi. Now Ghosn is now an international fugitive living on the lam, living in Lebanon. Just yesterday, France issued an international warrant for Ghosn's arrest. He's accused of funneling millions of dollars from Renault to another company for his personal use. So, what do you make of this latest development?
0: Yeah, This is really all about politics, right? It involves um, Carlos Ghosn, who used to run Renault and, of course, you mentioned Nissan CEO as well. So, It has a bit of France and Japanese politics involved. So I think it was just a matter of time before this happened, right? All the international pressure trying to get him to face justice, so to speak, in Japan. So this will mean he has to find another place to hide or run.
1: Former chief of Nissan Moto now has four international arrest warrants against him uh, issued by French prosecutors, alleging, of course, um, that the uh, shamed auto titan funneled millions of euros to enrich himself. Uh, Let's head back to Twitter because we're not quite done with that story. I just wanted to bring up the parallels between what happened the last time we saw someone try to run three companies and what Elon Musk is uh, anticipating doing with his Twitter takeover. Musk's hostile takeover bid is prompting talk that there could be a white knight in Twitter's future. We'll chat about who that might be, but first, Ryan, give us a quick primer. What is a white knight?
0: Well, A white knight, as you imagine, watching all your cartoons and movies, is someone who turns up when you really need them the most. So pretty much coming in, swooping in to save the day, either with a lot of money or with a fantastic plan to get out of trouble. So that's pretty much what... Twitter shareholders and management are hoping will materialize. Alright, so who
1: are some of the companies that analysts suspect could be potential white knights for Twitter?
0: Okay, you've got a lot of interesting names being thrown into the head. Um, let's start with who is not going to be a white knight. So you've got <laughs> um, asset management giant Apollo Global. They've been talking about being interested in helping to finance a bit. Um, but it has ruled out a full-on takeover of Twitter. Walt Disney has also talked about Twitter once, but it seems like that is not happening because Disney itself has already, already a lot on its plate with its own streaming wars and its own leadership tussle going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, JP Morgan could be staying out of this picture as well because they have been in dispute with Tesla and Elon Musk themselves. So they are not expected to be part of this picture. Facebook is unlikely as well for taking part um, because already you have regulators trying to clamp down on tech being too big and Twitter, if they do join the Facebook company, will just add to all those uh, woes and scrutiny. So that is um, something, or those are the names who are not likely to be a white knight. So, who might be the white knight? So, Amazon could be in the picture. They've got lots of money and Mm -hmm. they've talked about expanding or diversifying their media reach before. For example, you had Jeff Bezos buying up the Washington Post with his personal fortune. So, they could actually try to go into the social media space with Twitter. And they've also been making a lot of acquisitions recently, like MGM. So that's something that could be worth watching. Oracle as well, they've been talking about buying TikTok before. So it could be worth watching to see if they could throw in a bit. Uh, Microsoft also was in some talks to buy TikTok. So that could be one to watch as well. They've been also on a bit of a shopping spree. Uh, PayPal could be also trying to chalk up more companies to buy and this is after they talk about buying Pinterest which of course did not happen Uh, something they could be looking at Twitter instead
1: Long list. Next up this morning, let's turn to streaming media. Netflix has been dominating the airwaves as news of its waning subscriber numbers led to a plunge in the company's share price. The selling continued overnight, with Netflix dropping another 3.5%. Netflix is not the only streaming media company that is struggling at the moment. CNN Plus, it's barely out of the gate, having launched just a few weeks ago. It's already preparing to shut down. The new service was attracted less than 10,000 viewers a day despite sinking tens of millions of dollars into the service and hiring high-profile anchors like Chris Wallace. But pure viewership is not all that's at play here. What else is going on, Ryan?
0: Yeah, it's got a lot behind the scenes, right? It's shutting down just three weeks after being launched. So the last day it will be in action or in service will be the end of next week. And you have got a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. So one of them is the big merger between Warner Brothers and Discovery. So this CNN Plus product was already well underway before the merger, so it took many months or even years of planning uh, and then got launched and then you had a merger happening so it seems like the other party discovery their boss did not like the idea of cnn Mm plus so that seems to be one big obstacle and you also have a new head of cnn coming online come may the first officially Mm -hmm. so he was also analyzing what will be the new strategy going forward. So you've got a bit of a leadership change, a bit of management change going on. So that has put the brakes on this new product. So that is um, a bit of a shame because just out of the gates and it's already um, being shut down. And worth noting though, they have only, according to reports, chalked up less than 10,000 viewers in the first few weeks. So not exactly... A roaring success. I think that is one reason, just contributing to the closure of CNN Plus.
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, adding to the idea that it was a good call, even though three weeks seems a very short amount of time to make that turnaround happen, and uh, considering tens of millions of dollars had already been sunk into this project, CNN Plus. If you were in charge, Ryan, would you have turned off the switch so soon after starting?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at how much it costs, and it was launched at $5.99 a month. So that makes it about $60 a year. So you're receiving almost a very, uh, I guess, um, content that's already pretty much available elsewhere, but you have to really be a big CNN fan. So the niche market here is very limited. So I think that played into the thinking here. Um, Do we really want to spend so much resources into building up a niche market to serve a niche uh, fan base and I think going by the numbers uh, 10,000 viewers so far I think the ROI does not seem promising so I would be leaning towards doing the same thing you know cutting the losses early you know, but of course um, there would have to have been some plans or some KPIs set out I'm sure they had some targets in place so it does if it doesn't um, fit those targets it does make sense to move on and Reallocate those resources.
1: Splashy launch party, lots of big name anchors poached. What a pity! Let's zoom out for a moment. Look at the overall markets. U.S. stocks did and about face overnight following some comments by U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. What exactly did Powell say that sparked the selling?
0: It's almost the same thing he's been saying the past few months. So, but I think it comes through a bit more of a aggressive. Tone as we head into the next FOMC meeting. So, in the past few weeks, we've heard from many Fed officials talking about more aggressive rate hikes. And I think here you have Jerome Powell coming in to just reinforce the idea. So, hardening the expectations that the Fed will become more hawkish. And they are saying, or at least Fed Chair Jerome Powell is now saying, that a 50 basis point hike is not off the table. In fact, it might not just be one. 50 basis point hike. Look out for two or even more to come in the coming quarter or the coming months. So that is just pushing up bond yields higher. And you've got a 10-year bond yields now at around 2.94%. So very close to the 3% mark right now. And that is just seeing markets reacting and technology stocks among the top losers right now. The Nasdaq finished
1: off 2%, S&P 500 fell 1.5%. Christine Lagarde, the head of the European Central Bank, took part in the same discussion as Powell did overnight, but she's striking a very different chord. She seems to be much more cautious about tightening the monetary supply too quickly. Why is that, Ryan?
0: Yeah, in short, it comes down to the economy. And you've got a lot of things at play here. And one of them is the big one, Ukraine, the Ukraine war. Uh, So to put some things into context inflation is indeed high in the European zone and you've got for example 19 countries that use the euro seeing inflation reach 7.5% last month that is the highest levels since records began in 1997 so you might think inflation is high hey it's time to tighten rates again but the catch here is those inflation rate numbers are high because of energy prices and anything involved with uh, monetary policy or tightening rates can do very little to address energy prices because it's due to supply shocks what's um, being produced so even though they might want to tighten that will not help much with bringing down the cost of oil of LNG because of the supply situation so on that front she is leaning towards keeping rates accommodative to help the economy bounce back as much as it can until it can't anymore. So that is where she's uh, leaning towards right now.
1: European stocks inch higher yesterday. The Stocks Europe 600 Index finished up 0.3%. Time now for more corporate headlines. And for this, let's turn to our game of Up or Down, which I am happy to report some listeners have written to me Hmm. saying that they play along. So really thrilled. I'm going to start with an unusual entry today, but one that will definitely interest you sports fans out there. The Chelsea Football Club, Ryan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure if you're a fan but for fans out there I guess it's a bright spot because another bid has been put in the hat, and this involves tennis star Serena Williams and Lewis Hamilton the F1 race car driver so they have teamed up on a new business venture and they have pledged an estimated 10 million pounds or around 13 million US dollars to join together to bid for Chelsea Football Club of course which is under um, a lot of pressure formerly owned by a Russian tycoon, now seeing some pressure to be sold and seeing a lot of sanctions on itself. So if they can pull through with a deal, it will be good news for its future. Up for me, the Russia's uh, Roman Abramovich
1: forced to sell Chelsea. And, th- and that sale is attracting so much interest with some very high-profile buyers. So what do you think about this? The greatest female tennis mm. player of all time teaming up with a British motorsport star to potentially hem Chelsea. Are you a fan for a star?
0: I am a Liverpool fan, so I would probably say whatever. (laughs) But but, uh, it's it's good for the sport if they can get out of the troubles they are in right now. And it's great to see Serena Williams and Lewis Hamilton putting their money back into the sport um, broadly. And just, I think if you have such a huge personality, it can bring in more interest. To the spot as well.
1: I think people are also looking to uh, Serena Williams and Hamilton to promote diversity uh, because both have been strong advocates for anti discrimination initiatives. And um, this has been one of the areas that the wholesale of the Chelsea club has raised.
0: Yeah, it's a good point to also raise that for Serena Williams, it's not her first time investing in a football club. So she's also an investor in the Los Angeles Angel City FC. Okay. By the way, have you watched King Richard? Not a movie yet. about her life.
1: Have you, you really must.
0: Okay, so that is
1: money worth spending.
0: On my to-do list this okay, weekend. Good.
1: it's such a great movie. All right, let's look at Snap now.
0: All right, Snap is going to be a down for me, and that's because its latest earnings report paints a challenging quarter that missed both sales and profit estimates.
1: Snap. Uh, mixed bag for me. The social media platform is reporting that challenging quarter, but its number of daily users is up 18% year-on-year. Investors not quite sure how to interpret Snap's latest results. Its shares down 4% at one point, up 7%, then down again. They're trading marginally high in after-hours action.
0: Let's look okay, at Gucci. Alright, Gucci is down for me and it's because of one word, China, the lockdowns just weighing on the performance on some of its brands. The biggest one is the Kering brand. Um, that is something that will likely be under pressure because they generate more than half of their revenue um, from China. So that is um, something that will be under pressure in the coming quarters.
1: Down for me as well. On the back of those lockdowns in China, weighing on one of its biggest brands, Gucci's quarterly sales, proving disappointing
0: as a result. We bring the discussion home now with Capital Corp. Okay, Capital Corp is an up for me. So that's because of higher net profit that is just given an update on in its business um, update. So higher net profit for three of its key segments. And they include asset management and connectivity. And on the flip side, you have the not doing well. That includes urban development. Mm. Um, so something that includes the likes of um, capital land. We saw net profit down because of lower contribution from China. Lower property trading projects and on-block sales numbers. So that was something weighing down on the business update.
1: Yeah, definitely looking like an up for Keppel. Posting higher first quarter profits and three out of its four key segments are faring better. Let's look at Sabana Reed.
0: Alright, Sabana Reed is a down for me. So mm-hmm. it's just posted for its first quarter. A slightly lower portfolio occupancy of 85.2% from 85.4%.
1: Yeah, down. Savannah Reid's occupancy rates fell during the first quarter of this year, so definitely down for me. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 24 minutes into the local trading day. The Straits Times Index finished higher for the third straight session yesterday, rising 0.4% to 33.48. Jardine Cyclin Carriage led the way, though its 5% jump led to a query from market regulators. So how's the STI trading this morning?
0: Yeah, you've got an STI... Pretty much in line with the rest of the region yesterday, and so far, also the same right now, just tracking those losses across the region. So back down 0.6%, 3328. And right at the bottom of the table, you have Yang Jijiang shipbuilding right now. So today is X entitlement. So bear in mind, next week come Thursday, you have the spin-off. Yang Zhejiang Financial debuting on the SGX. So Mm -hmm. it's under pressure right now. And this is followed by Singtel, Genting Singapore, ST Engineering, Wilmer International. Okay, let's take a look at the top of the table. Only one name in the green right now. Capital N Integrated Commercial Trust up 0.4% at 231
1: Oh, my goodness. All right. Thank you very much for that, Ryan Wong. We'll keep our eye out on local markets.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.